This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Dei Radio. My name is Miriam Marston, and it's wonderful to be with you each week as we explore the evangelizing mission of the church. My guest this week is Sister Nancy Usselman, who is a religious sister with the Daughters of St. Paul. She serves as the director of the Pauline Center for Media Studies, and she's a media literacy education specialist. I became acquainted with Sister Nancy's religious community many years ago, and I've always been inspired by their mission of sharing the gospel through media. Blessed James Alberioni was the founder of the community, and he stated the mission clearly. He said, to live the gospel of Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life in its entirety, in the spirit of St. Paul, under the gaze of the Queen of the Apostles. And this mission was something that came to Blessed Alberioni during his formation for the priesthood. This is how it's described in the biography on the Vatican website. On the night of December 31, 1900, the night that divided the 19th and 20th centuries, he prayed for four hours before the Blessed Sacrament and contemplated the future in the light of God. A particular light seemed to come from the host and roused in him a sense of obligation to do something for the Lord and for the people of the new century. He felt obliged to serve the church with the new instruments provided by human ingenuity. I really love that he received this inspiration during Eucharistic Adoration. How wonderful that it was from the Blessed Sacrament that he received clarity about his mission. And maybe that could nudge each of us to spend time before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and to listen for His voice and His loving guidance. When Sister Nancy described what she felt when she was first introduced to the Pauline Book Centers, she said it created a little spark. That image of a spark is a lovely one, and it shows up in Pope St. John Paul II's letter to artists, where he writes, Those who perceive in themselves this kind of divine spark, which is the artistic vocation. As poet, writer, sculptor, architect, musician, actor, and so on, feel at the same time the obligation not to waste this talent, but to develop it, in order to put it at the service of their neighbor and of humanity as a whole. Within the vast cultural panorama of each nation, artists have their unique place obedient to their inspiration in creating works both worthwhile and beautiful, they not only enrich the cultural heritage of each nation and of all humanity, but they also render an exceptional social service in favor of the common good. 
In that quote by Pope St. John Paul II, we hear about obligation and obedience. And these might not be words that we ordinarily associate with artistic endeavors, but it brings us back to what Blessed Alberioni experienced in adoration. He felt an obligation to do something for the people of the new century and to use the media and other creative ways to share the gospel. It's just a very good reminder that while Jesus left us very clear instructions to go and make disciples of all nations, He didn't tell us all the ways that we would go about doing that. But through prayer and faithfulness to this call, that opens so many doors to thinking creatively about the mission to live Christ and to communicate Christ, which is, as Sister Nancy tells us, the charism of her community. So please enjoy my conversation with Sister Nancy, who might get us rethinking about how we watch TV and movies in light of our sacramental imagination. I'm joined today by Sister Nancy Usselman, who is a religious sister with the Daughters of St. Paul. She's the director of the Pauline Center for Media Studies in Los Angeles. Sister Nancy, how are you today? Oh, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, it's, it's great to uh, connect with you. I have uh, been familiar with the Daughters of St. Paul for uh, many years, so it's just really good to see you, and I'm just glad to be able to share a little bit about your story and your ministry and apostolates. So let's go ahead and, uh, and dive in. Um, could you share a bit, uh, you know, as you're reflecting on your own journey of faith, sister, in the different chapters of your, of your walk of faith, could you highlight for us some moments when you really saw the Holy Spirit really at work in your own life? Wow. There's just so many, <laughs> I don't, uh, but I, I, mean, I have to say, Perhaps the most powerful was when I was deciding to become a religious sister. Mm. Um, I didn't have any great lightning bolts like many people may talk about these major conversions. I'm a cradle Catholic. My family, very faithful Catholic. We're from St. Louis. Uh, My parents still live there. And they really taught us, myself and my siblings, what it means to have faith, what it means to have a relationship with God. And I saw it in their own life. So they brought us to church, of course, but even beyond that to special novenas and uh, places uh, of shrines and places that were special in in the faith, Uh, you know, beautiful. We went to, because we're from St. Louis, we'd go to Belleville, Illinois, which is our Lady of the Snows shrine. It's a gorgeous shrine by the Oblates of Mary Immaculate. And I remember going there as a kid it's, it, and having the candlelight processions, all of that. They were tremendous moments of faith and sacramentality that I always carry with me. So when um, I really wasn't looking to be a religious sister in my journey, um, but I knew how it works. Yeah, we knew many religious because in St. Louis, there were many religious sisters. Uh, There are still Um, it's considered the Rome of the West because of that. There are over 300 religious mother houses of religious orders. So in the St. Louis area. But wow, we knew many and. But I was never really feeling attracted to any particular one. Um, I I mean, I would meet the cloister Carmelites and they're like, oh, Nancy, don't you want to? And we're like, no, (laughs) no, this is going to be silent. No, there's just not. Wait, that's not going to happen. You know, and even the missionaries of charity, I admired them. I worked with them, you know, and I 
I, I did some work for them and they said, oh, don't you want? I said, no, no, that's right. I couldn't sleep on the floor. <laughs> I noticed that's what they do. I was like, no, that's not my charism. I didn't feel it. But as soon as I walked into the Daughters of St. Paul had a Pauline Book and Media Center downtown St. Louis, since now they're in, um, in South St. Louis. But at that time they were downtown St. Louis. And it was one of my, it was my cousin who actually met the daughter St. Paul first. She had walked in the, in the book center and she realized it was from my nuns. And she had always been interested in religious life. And so they invited her to a retreat day. And, and you know, we were all teenagers, a whole bunch of us, uh, young women of the rounds and cousins uh, at the same time. And, and so she said, great, can I bring all my cousins? And so we're like, great, okay. So we all go, you know, just to meet these nuns, you know, we're like, okay, whatever something else to do. Um, and as soon as I walked in, I was like, hmm, something's different. And mm -hmm. I've always been a lover of movies, music, and books. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a great media fan. Uh, so uh, that has always been a passion of mine, even though I didn't realize it as much then. Mm -hmm. But when I met the Daughters of St. Paul and I saw that they preach Jesus using movies, music, and books, and all other forms of media, I was like, mm, there's something here. Yeah. <laughs> it created a little spark. And I can sense that was the moment the Holy Spirit, as soon as I saw that. Um, and it took me a couple of years to work with, you know, to, to visit with them and, and before I entered the community. And even during our time of formation, I I had different moments of the Holy Spirit, but I, I have to say at the moment of my final vows, which, so which is 10 years later, wow. um, there was a struggle right before that. Uh, you know, I think like in anybody's spiritual journey, there's a moment of struggle right before a decisive decision, uh, a moment of decision. And I was really thinking, no, this, that I, I'm going to leave and get married. <laughs> this is not, this is not, I, I don't know. You know, I was just feeling a, a terrible temptation to really say, I, I, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. And I, um, and I really went to pray before the blessed sacrament, before the Eucharist. Yeah. And I said to Jesus, you know, if this is what you want of me, you have to make it extremely clear. And he did. It was like, and it was almost at the, immediately after that. It was like in that moment of prayer, I was like, just be at peace. Yeah. Just go forward and be at peace. Wow. And that was such that time of my perpetual profession was the most decisive and joyous day of my life. I can remember everything wow. about it. <laughs> that beautiful. Now, when, when was that? Uh, when did you make final vows? I made final vows in 1995. So yeah, I've been a daughter of St. Paul for more than 30 some years. <laughs> I love it. And I, I can attest to the, the power of um, walking into one of those bookstores. I did it myself in Alexandria, Virginia, which is where I first became acquainted with the Daughters of St. Paul. And it's funny because I, I remember so clearly, I walked back and forth about three or four times, like like in the space of just a couple minutes, hesitating to go in. And I finally did. And I don't know the sister who was there. She goes, you know, I saw you <laughs> walking back and forth. And even though, so I, you know, this community, your community is so dear to my heart because it was really my first foray into discerning um, religious life. And ultimately um, it was, it was actually in uh, I think it was at a, at a retreat um, at one of the retreat centers 
And it was in that moment where I realized I wasn't called to be a daughter of St. Paul. And I ended up becoming a consecrated virgin. Um, but without your community, I wouldn't have even been able to embark on that part of my journey. So I'm personally very grateful and, and can, again, um, witness to the importance of having the, the book centers, the stores, the presence of the nuns. Um, uh, in the cities. I think that's so important. For those who are less familiar um, with your religious community, then what? how would you describe your the charism of the community? So as daughters of St. Paul, our charism is to live Christ and communicate Christ. Mm-hmm. And the way we specifically do that is through all forms of media and within the digital media culture after the example of of St. Paul the Apostle, Mm. because he was the great communicator of his day, of the ancient world. He he traveled all over the ancient world to communicate, not just in person, but through letters. So for us, our founder, Blessed James Alberione, founded us more than 100 years ago in 1915 to be evangelizers of the gospel within the communications culture within the world of media. At the time when he founded us, it was just the press. But then quickly, as soon as radio and film and television came along and and now digital media and any form of media, that is to be our mission field. And our, our pulpits, he would say, these are your pulpits for preaching these technologies. So what we're using now is a pulpit for communicating the gospel. It's beautiful. And it's a, it's an ever-changing, ever-changing landscape as well. So I'm sure there's got to be some challenges uh, really trying to keep up with the fast pace of media and technology. But I've been so impressed um, with, with how that has happened. So sister, walk us through some of that. Um, how, how is the gospel then communicated through this, this ministry? Well, so much of it is, it, like you said, it's in person as well. So we do connect with people in person um, from my aspect of it. So we have the book and media centers, but that's not the only area. We, we produce okay. media, okay. but we also teach media literacy education and teach people how to use the media well, the secular media that we all consume. Uh, you know, the popular, how do we live well within a popular media culture? So we give a lot of retreats and talks and workshops on this, on living a spiritual uh, media spirituality, on an understanding of theology and the intersection of theology and our popular media culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, I'm a film reviewer and TV reviewer in Hollywood. Uh, I also write for many Catholic outlets on these topics, uh, as well as a, the teaching on media literacy education. So there's, it's a variety and a great variety uh, within our mission. It's all connected to how do we communicate the gospel within a media culture, but a lot is happening on social media, as you know, right. And, um, and then if anybody looks for us, then we're known as the hashtag media nuns on social media. So honestly, on any platform, you can find us that way. Hashtag media nuns. Um, but through YouTube channels, et cetera, and um, all forms of social media. And what our, our mission really is, is to put the seeds of the gospel out there yeah. um, explicitly, 
you know, putting out the word of God, making the word of God known. Uh, we, we also have podcasts where we reflect on living a spiritual life, living uh, a Catholic spirituality, living uh, a sacramental imagination, living a Catholic worldview. So um, we're always talking about that in, in our social media posts, but also how do we live within the secular media culture and how can we be um, that, that bridge, that conversational bridge, you know, where we know even in the Catholic Twitter, there is a lot of controversy and, and sometimes, uh, rhetoric language. I mean, honestly, there's sometimes really difficult, uh, conversations going on, but how do we be that spiritual presence and a presence of Christ, um, always being, uh, you know, that bringing the gospel, not just with words, but presence, right. with love, with um, just who we are as consecrated women religious. Beautiful. Uh, for those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with Sister Nancy Esselman, who is with the Daughters of St. Paul and the director of the Pauline Center, Center for Media Studies in Los Angeles. Um, first, I have to ask, I, I was I mean, how can I not ask this question? Um, do you have a favorite movie? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I have so many favorite movies. I, I just can't even uh, imagine. But uh, let me name off a few really quickly. Sure, that'd be great. <laughs> um, one of my favorites is always is will always be Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I think that's such a powerful story uh, of of hope, of renewal of cleansing, you know, of, it, it has such a powerful uh, baptismal connection. Um, one of my most, the recent one was um, Father Stu. I really love it. And I, I mean, I think it's such a great Catholic film. I feel like everyone in RCIA should watch that <laughs> because it talks about really the conversion experience and the change that happens, especially because of baptism. What happens within us? Um, but I have many uh, movies and series I love. Um, wow. Let me think of one thing, <laughs> something more current. Um, and there's a lot out there. <laughs> there's a lot out there. Of, uh, I just watched, I mean, 13 Lives. I had a great uh, opportunity to be on the red carpet interviewing the actors on 13 Lives, the story of the, the Thai soccer team that got... Yeah. Uh, um, stuck in a flooded cave in Thailand, right? So yeah. that it was a powerful, powerful story. I really enjoy that. Of course, I am a, I'm a Tolkien fan. So I'm watching Rings of Power. I Me love too. Rings of Power. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I just gave a talk on that on Tolkien's sacramental imagination yeah. in Lord of the Rings, but even Rings of Power, the, how it's bringing it out, that, that yeah. Tolkien sense, Catholic sense. Uh, so basically anything that's out there that's I talk awesome. about. <laughs> that's wonderful. And and I think you're showing too that it's okay to engage with the culture around us and to not compromise our our own pursuit of holiness and sanctity in that, that we we can still engage with the world around us and but be that leaven, be that witness and the presence which is so needed. With the um center uh, for media studies. Is that just for like who would who would participate, for instance, in like retreats or or talks? Who would come? 
Sure. Well, anybody, actually, uh, we do national film retreats. Uh, we do them in person as well as virtually. Um, it's really a way of practicing cinema divina, which is a divine viewing of film. So what we do is we help people to watch the film together, but also in, con in, in conjunction with scripture and really reflect on it together. So we do a method of like Alexio Divina, but yeah. with, with film and scripture. And, and it's a wonderful experience. So really anybody who loves film, who okay. wants to kind of delve a little bit more into spirituality and theology, uh, come to those film retreats. But we also teach on media literacy education, especially for catechists, teachers, ministers, parents, anybody who really wants to find that intersecting point between yeah. our faith. How do we talk about our faith within a secular media culture? Yeah. How do we integrate it within catechesis, which the church has been calling for and talking about for decades and decades and decades and it's essential now in in within catechesis that and evangelization that we integrate a secular under a secular media culture within our catechesis not that we compromise like you said our right. faith and our values but how do we bring our catholic values and our gospel values to in conversation with the media artifact that we're engaging yeah. with, whether it's video games, uh, you know, film, television, yeah. popular music, social media, um, yeah. news media, any form of entertainment media. How do we ask questions and engage with it critically, yeah. but from a faith perspective? That's what we teach. That's how what we call it media mindfulness. Yeah. That's a media literacy from a faith perspective. So we call it media. So we teach this as a as a method for engaging within the culture. Yeah. Where would people go to learn more about what you do? Well, we have a website, uh, bemediamindful.org. That's bemediamindful.org. Uh, and we have lots of events, but we also have a lot of resources on there. We uh, have film reviews on there, but we also many different blog posts about how do we engage with def different forms of yeah. media. Uh, so, yes, and also presenters. So a lot of there's several sisters that are presenters all around the country. Uh, we present for parishes. We give parish missions, retreats, Cinema Divina retreats, um, cinematic pilgrimages. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so um, we create a lot of uh, different and creative forms of engagement within the within the culture. Yeah. You know, as you were uh, talking about uh, the influence of Tolkien. I'm a big Tolkien fan as well. And I've been watching the Rings of Power. And, you know, I'm thinking uh, from an evangelizing perspective, um, all the people who have never been acquainted with Tolkien, you know, it, the original films, uh, the Peter Jackson one, sorry, <laughs> came out in 2001. Then we we had some Hobbit films, but it's been a number of years since the, the world has seen something new kind of connected with Tolkien. And I think of uh, all the people who are going to go and Google Tolkien's name and will come across his, uh, his background and his Catholic identity. And I think just there, um, the evangelizing potential and power, uh, to use the word power, yes, rings of power, but the, 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 um, 
just the the access that people will have to learn about who is behind these beautiful stories. So I've I've a lot of hope for for that. Um, as we come to the end of our time together, Sister Nancy, I often ask my guest if you could leave us with just a, a note of hope and encouragement for our listeners. Certainly. Well, I, I work in Hollywood. I, I know a lot of people in Hollywood, and I meet a lot of. The actors, producers, directors, uh, a lot of the people behind the scenes in the industry, in the entertainment industry. And I got to say, there's a lot of faith filled people. Uh, sometimes people wonder and they think in Hollywood, oh, it's just coming out with a lot of bad things and evil things. Yes, there is evil present there, just as there's evil everywhere. Um, and, and unfortunately, it can have a great influence on the culture. But there are many good people who are trying to tell really good stories and stories that that bring out the, uh, the dignity of the human person, the struggles and challenges of what it means to be human and, and really thinking about it deeply. And uh, so we got to pray. We pray as daughters of St. Paul, it's part of our spirituality to pray for those who work in media, those who are the media creators and, and producers and distributors. And every time I'm at an event in Hollywood, um, I do meet people. And one time I was in an event and I met Harrison Ford. And I and he came right up to me. And I was with another sister. And he came right and he said, hello, sisters. And he shook our hand before he saw the other 15 journalists. I felt bad, but I was like, I think it was like, oh, sisters are here. And afterwards, I went up to him and said, just so you know, uh, we're as sisters, we pray for all those who work in the media. So we pray for you in a particular way. And, you know, um, somebody of that caliber, you know, in in Hollywood, A-list actor, he put his head down, closed his eyes, and he just said to me, that means more to me than you know. And I said, you know, see, we don't know what people, they're human beings like us. They struggle. They, they, they probably have more struggle in the sense that they always have this being on in Hollywood, this fame. But we really do need to pray for people who work in this industry. Instead of bemoaning it and saying it's all bad, well, maybe our opportunity is really praying for those who are the influencers Uh, And that includes social media influencers. So I'd say my message to everyone is to pray for those who are the creators of culture. Mm -hmm. And and that's the only way things can really change and be a culture changer yourself, be a producer Mm -hmm. of media that, that brings the message of the gospel in a powerful, attractive and creative way. Use your gifts. God is waiting uh, for your gifts to be used. So use them. And all of us can be media creators and evangelizers. So go and be an evangelizer in the digital world. Oh, what a wonderful, uh, uh, just note of reflection, but also invitation. I'd say a challenge to our listeners to to respond to what you're saying. Thank you so much, Sister Nancy, for your time today, for your yes to the Lord, um, and the yes to his call to bring the gospel to the places that really need it the most. So God bless you. Thank you so much, Mary. God bless you. Thank you. Right near the end of our interview, Sister Nancy recounted how she met Harrison Ford on the red carpet and told him she was praying for him, to which he responded, that means more to me than you know. And as Sister alluded to in our conversation, you know, we can lament and complain about the state of the media these days, 
But in all of that, are we praying for the writers, producers, actors, musicians, and others who have been given talents? Are we praying that they use their gifts and their time well? Because they really can have a lot of influence in the culture. But let's not forget the gifts that we've been given too. Sister Nancy invites each of us to be culture changers in our own way. So let's welcome that invitation this week and perhaps spend a little time creating something beautiful, something that will help tell the story of God's great love. That could be a painting or a kind word to a friend or writing an email to someone who's been on your mind. Mother Teresa puts it perfectly. Let us do something beautiful for God. And in addition this week, perhaps we can practice some media mindfulness, which, according to the Daughters of St. Paul, helps us investigate culture, understand our world, and make media choices consistent with our faith. And that brings us to the end of our time together this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue to share stories of how God is moving in this time and in this place. Until then, stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon.